This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. On this week's Big Tech Show, when will cars safely drive themselves on our streets? And who in Ireland is providing the technology to help them do that? We talk to one of the country's biggest automotive autonomy entrepreneurs. I have BMW Drive Assist in my own vehicle and it is much, much safer because we are all prone to distraction, especially when we're on the motorway from Limerick to Dublin, for example. We've all been there where you actually forgot a whole section of the road. So I would say if you take it from a safety perspective and it does allow you to kind of relax. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Coming up on the Indo-Daily this week, catch up on the biggest crime stories with our Best Off series. And have you heard the news? The Indo-Daily is up for a Listener's Choice Award. You can vote for us at irishpodcastawards.ie forward slash vote. Today on the Indo-Daily, the Kinahan Empire starts to crumble. The United States Department of State is pleased to announce a reward of up to $5 million for information leading to the financial disruption of the KTCO or the arrest and convictions of its leaders. Since then, we've seen the boxing world turn its back on the Kinnahans. A boxing promotion company with links to Daniel Kinnahan has announced its decease operations at the end of the month. Their once safe haven of the United Arab Emirates is under threat. The United Arab Emirates has announced that it's frozen the assets of the Kinnahan drug trafficking gang in Estate. And now their friends are running for cover after the United States banned up to 600 of their associates from entering the country. The number of people who have been denied entry into the US has grown. Uh, it is over 600 at this stage. Uh, as the net closes in on the cartel, we're also getting a glimpse into their inner circle, including the lavish lifestyle of some family members. This leaves us asking if the international sanctions go far enough. Are the Kinahans still able to tap into a global crime network? And what are the chances of the crime lords actually coming before an Irish court? once and for all. The tectonic plates have moved, but the tsunami has not hit the shoreline yet. I'm Kevin Doyle, and joining me today is Paul Williams, special correspondent with the Irish Independent. Paul Williams, it's over a month since we had that unprecedented announcement from the US authorities and on Garda Síochána about the sanctions that were being imposed on the Kinahan cartel, naming some of the key players like Daniel, Christy Kinahan, Christy Kinahan Jr., a $5 million bounty. What has happened in the time since? Well, what were the latest manifestation is what emerged at the weekend, the fact that up to 600 people now, um, particularly mostly of them, uh, people who have associations with companies associated with Kinahan, with the Kinahans uh, and all of that, that they have been basically barred from the United States. They've been put on a list. Now, we don't know who the people are on the list, but we do understand. Who are they likely to be? P- people in the boxing business. One interesting thing that's happening here, Kevin, and like this, what we saw happening a month ago was the manifestation of moves that had been made two years or three years previously. Um, What we're seeing now is a continuation and a continual escalation of that. Um, What they're doing is they are going to companies who have 
done business with MTK and various companies that Kinnan has, the Kinnans have been involved in. And they're going back, demanding their records and going back to their, their accountancy records. Uh, remember three, four, five years ago, nobody thought there was any problem doing business with MTK. A year ago, people didn't mind doing business with various companies that were close to, to the Kinnans through the boxing business. Now it's very impo- it's impossible to hide any of this stuff. So once they find evidence of that, Kevin Doyle did business with them eight years ago. Kevin Doyle is now on a no-fly list to the United States. That's the start of it. It is making, it is basically all part of the process of reducing the size of the world that the Kinnans dwell within. We don't know who those 600 people are. We, we assume that some of them obviously are linked to the boxing world. We know, for example, that Matthew Macklin has had trouble mm. getting into the United States. That was the first time that we actually learned how deep these were, these sanctions were going to go. It's not outside the points of possibilities that very big players could be barred from going to, going to the United States. The best way of describing this is the tectonic plates have moved, but the tsunami has not yet built up a momentum and hit, hit the, the shoreline yet. But the implications of this for the boxing, the sport of boxing, um, because it has become so corruptive and corrupt and particularly character, as particularly characterised to the involvement of the Kinnahans, um, what you're seeing is the, an attempt to expunge that poison from the sporting body. And that would continue, it would continue for years. Uh, everybody is running for cover now. Um, the Bob Arum, who we've written about in the Indo on many occasions, showed extraordinary ability to see no evil, hear no evil, and speak no evil when he came to Kinahan, and to deny everything about him and say, I didn't see anything bad about the guy. He has now done a very spectacular U-turn and said, oh, never really trusted the guy kind of thing. Um, we're not doing business anymore. That's because the legitimate world on a global scale has joined forces to take these guys on. And this is what happens. Because the only way people, an organisation like the Kinnans can survive is they must straddle the, the illicit world, the illegal underworld where they dominate, but also the legal, legitimate world of corporate, uh, America, corporate, global, global capitalism, because in order to wash their money and to gain some kind of respectability, their attempts to gain respectability lie in chatters and will never be put together again. Well, let's go back to Matthew Macklin for a second, because he's a former world title contender, a Sky Sports pundit. And he was actually on his way last month to the United States to to work for Sky Sports yeah. when he was turned back and told he wasn't welcome there anymore. That was huge. That was immense. That's the other side to this. It is now going into the, to the multi-billion dollar industry of TV rights. Sky have suddenly been forced, Sky Sports, to sit back and say, hang on, one of our top commentators who has no criminal convictions of any kind or connections. No, and in fairness, Sky, Sky Sports said uh, at the time that this happened that Macklin relinquished his interest in MTK back as far as 2017, so five years ago, and that he wasn't named in the US sanctions and but that he doesn't have that. any dealings with Daniel Kinahan anymore. But that's tough. That's what I said to you earlier on. It doesn't matter. You did business with these guys eight, ten years ago. You're still tainted by them. Um, Macklin has a long relationship with Daniel Kinahan. But what this did was... Show well, explain, the explain that just so we're clear on it. Well, they started a gym together in Marbella many years ago and it became then the MGM uh, and it was very famous. And it was through that uh, entity that Daniel Kinahan, that was his avenue into the big world of boxing and he became a major player. 
what this does is it now focuses the minds of top TV executives right across the United States and Britain and wherever else that, oh my God, this is much more serious. We can't actually ignore this anymore. This thing is going to swamp us and drag us down onto the waves as well when the tsunami hit. So you're seeing this mass exodus of people from planet Kinahan, but it's all pretty much too late. The Americans have shown that they are going to be implacable about this. The Irish have done an extraordinary job. In fact, Christy Kinahan's was a very intelligent guy, a bright guy, uh, but arrogance was an abundance, something that he engendered in his two sons. But one of the biggest miscalculations of his entire career and th- those of his sons was to completely underestimate Angarda Shikana and their ability to, I- in terms of international or global law enforcement diplomacy. Because it was this, basically what we're witnessing at the moment, has been driven for the past six years by the guards here in Dublin. And it's an extraordinary feat of achievement, what they have done. Um, and now that the world is united against these guys, there is no going back. Because this is the, the template has been played out. We've seen it with some of the, the major South American cartels and Central American cartels, the worst of them, El Chapo uh, and all of those other guys. And they always lose in the end people will move on. And this is basically, everyone has to distance themselves from this. People have to be vaccinated against the Kinahan virus. Well, let's go back to the UAE where the Kinahans are based now because uh, you mentioned obviously MGM and and then Daniel Kinahan was involved in MTK, which collapsed in the days afterwards. But we spoke previously about this and you said that eventually the UAE would start to feel the heat and that they would take some sort of action against Daniel Ginnon and that's what came to pass. The Americans proved that. when A month ago when the announcement, that groundbreaking, historic, unprecedented announcement was made in City Hall, one of the first consequences of that to, to emerge was the fact that the UAE suddenly, and we talked about this before, the UAE is a bizarre sort of entity in terms of geopolitics. It depends on its existence on the United States of America. Suddenly, the Kinahans are now, like they will have no trouble throwing the Kinahans out. And I would love to be a fly on the wall in the air-conditioned bolt hole in Dubai. I'd say they're absolutely panicking. Now, the first thing they do, of course, they will put out messages that they are this will all blow over, it'll be fine. Again, that's an example of hubris and wishful thinking and just stupidity perhaps on behalf of Daniel Kinahan and the other Kinahan people. But it's not going to blow over and the UAE will turn on them, absolutely. No matter how many millions of dollars they have pumped into people's pockets there, it doesn't matter. The Americans are pissed off, then the UAE will take, will follow suit. Well, it seems that some people are already turning on them a little bit because we were getting more and more information around some of the operation of the, the Kinahan network, mm-hmm. the Kinahan cartel, and the use of code names. We seem to have learned some of the code names in the last few days that they've been using. Well, they've known about this. Every technological system that's been set up, there is an alternative to it. And what I, what I mean by that is that, you know, you had an chat and you've had all these encrypted systems. Like the, the Kinnans were specialising in encrypted phone systems before any other criminal organisation, particularly in this country. In fact, I, I had a piece in my last book about how um, one of their hitmen actually met John Gillian shortly after he came out of prison in 2013 to hand them a, a bag full of encrypted phones. So these guys were using encrypted uh, communications for many, many years to hide their activities and cover their tracks. But what they didn't realise is that for many years, 
several years, the law enforcement community have been secretly, with the assistance of the, like the CIA, MI5, all these guys, have been breaking those systems and have built a bank of huge, a very insensitive and highly classified intelligence on these guys. We're only seeing it being drip-fed. All of this, it's important for our listeners to understand, didn't happen in City Hall in April. It didn't happen in 21. It didn't happen in 20. It has been an ongoing process for at least two to three years. This intelligence is known. The cops here, for some reason, better known to themselves, and probably for good strategic reasons, decided to opt out of the INCRO chat uh, the famous when the Dutch Secret Service broke the IncroChat um, system of communications, encrypted system. They chose to not be seen to be following up on stuff. But of course they were. It, it, it would only be an idiot who would t- accept that they, they weren't involved in the IncroChat leak because our guys, the likes of Jerry Hutchins and, and the Kinnons, were all using the same system of of communication. So the point about it is that they have known about this. They've known about their their passwords. What they're doing is we're getting drip-fed when it's relevant because the Americans are an awful lot more transparent than the Irish, let's face it, or even the Europeans. The authorities, you mean? Yeah, Yeah. the the American authorities. Um, And they they are basically allowing this stuff out to say, well, you know, this is important. Why did this guy, like Daniel Kinnan, describe himself as chess, you know? Well, why did he? Because that's what I want to ask you. I mean, looking through some of the names, Daniel Kinnan, his alias was chess. Like, what's that about? Having a clue, except that he probably fancies himself as a chess player. You have to remember where Daniel Kinahan comes from. His father was an exceptionally bright and intelligent guy. Uh, you know, I've been following him for over 35 years. But he, the big flaw he had, he really is a, is a, he's a con man, basically, at heart. I'm not confident. I, I've heard him using, he can be, speak in a Dublin brogue that would be flatter than the most north inner city accent. He would speak in a very sophisticated, toffee-nosed European twang. Um, he would speak like a cockney. He would speak like a member of the royal family. You know, he's a, he's a chameleon. But he, he, so basically, he is, thinks, based on that, and because of the fact he's built such a powerful organization well over 25 years, he thinks he's above everybody else. He thinks he's stronger than everybody else. He thinks he's clever. And that's one, that's his great undoing. Some of the other code names, Daniel Kinnahan was also referred to, I think, by his subordinates, if we can call them that, as D and Cuz. And Christy Jr. had the code name Mano. Yeah, but sure, every dub's got, how are you, Mano? So, you know, we all call each other Mano. And D, in fairness, wouldn't take it exactly a, a sort of a... a a, a spy breaker, a spy code. But that's what I mean. These aren't exactly business, sophisticated you know, no. uh, code. You know, they're, it, it reminds me a little bit of, of like, you know, junior rugby teams come up with codes for their lineouts. you know, and they use things like Massey Ferguson because the Dublin lads wouldn't wouldn't be able to know what that meant. But it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's these are kind of very plain and simple. It wouldn't take a genius to crack them is really what I'm asking but you. The Spanish, in, in, in 2010, 2009, 2010, there was the, the, the major operation, which... Did, it seemed at the time not to have gleaned great results, but it has actually paid off dividends as we're seeing now. Um, and this was the Operation Shovel against the Kinahan organization. But part of that, the, the, the Spanish had very extensive, hundreds of hours of recorded uh, conversations, telephone conversations between major players in the gang, which from an Irish perspective, once the Irish got their hands on that stuff, 
it gave them a really good understanding because obviously it's, the, it's your home nation that's involved that has to interpret these guys because we know, understand the nuance in the, in, in the diction and whatever they're saying. And so therefore then the Irish laid all of this out in intelligence documents to explain who these guys are. And then when the EncroChat stuff and the other breaches of encrypted communications were shared, and that's one of the important things that John O'Driscoll, who has to take great credit for an awful lot of this, the the assistant assistant commissioner, who's due to retire in a couple of months, my God, he has fairly paid uh, his, his dividends for the, the state. But he made the point that uh, that because of the information now coming in from the criminal underworld as a result of the bounty on the heads of these guys, that they need to centralise it uh, and to logistically put it, pool it together so it has needs to be analysed and understood. And the people who will be front of centre of that will be more like the, the Garda Chicana, perhaps followed by the National Crime Agency in the UK, the Spanish authorities. You know, they have different parts of expertise within this, but the people who have the bulk of that expertise will be the guards. Another thing, Paul, we're learning through the course of this investigation is a little bit around the lavish lifestyles of the Kinnahans themselves and those around them. And our colleagues in the Sunday world indeed had a an interesting story on Daniel Kinnahan's wife and some property deals that she has done. People talk about the fact that they're still on Instagram or various other social media accounts sort of bragging about all their money and their wealth and their their nice um, yeah, dresses and gear they're wearing and the bling and all that kind of stuff. The people listening to this podcast don't really understand the men- mindset of some of these people. These people live in a completely different world and a completely different set of morals and a mindset. They think they're detached from it. The only thing they have, they're not particularly bright. None of them are ever going to contend for Irish super uh, uh, Mensa champion of the year, that's for sure. So they're not particularly bright. They're full of arrogance and bravado. And what they're doing is to just bling-blinging for as long as they can. But eventually this shine will go out of the bling and they will be coming home. I've seen it happening before several times with other uh, so-called gangsters, malls like in the Gilligan gang and, and gangs since then. They rise up they fall down. They're dependent on the fortunes of their men. Once their men lose their money, lose their power, then they're back, some of them trading on the streets, selling apples on Moor Street, whatever. But people will also look, Paul, <coughs> and they'll see that story about Daniel Kinnan's wife, Quiva Robinson, and owner of a 1.13 million euro luxury apartment in Dubai. It's in the elite residence towers. There was some pictures of of the luxury of it, and they'll kind of go, "Well, crime is paying." Well, that all that all that's going to be taken from. She was like, it doesn't mean she's got 1.3 million. It's the Daniel is putting his money through her. Like they're putting it through several people, and she's living quite lavishly and quite happily on the back of all of that. But she, like the 600 we just talked about, and she, like her lovely hubby and her father-in-law and her brother-in-law, you know, the t- the clock is ticking down on them. They're, they they can bling bling as long as they like for another short while, but. I'm telling you now, like there'll be no criminal probably charges against her, um, whatever down the line. But she'll have no choice but to come back to Ireland and live probably a more modest lifestyle because all of this is crashing down and crumbling down around them. Now, having said that, there's a very important caveat to put in here: that the Kinnahans are still a very powerful international organisation. They have a very, very well-established international global network. Okay, it, the, the world is closing in on top of them. But Christy Kinahan and Daniel, particularly Christy, will have access to millions and millions of dollars 
which have not been found because he's around where so Where is long. that money? I mean, they obviously don't go in and open up an AIB account, but where, where does that money sit? But if How can they get it? He will be able to get it through. They still have other identities. So they still have friends out there is what of you're telling me. Of course they do, yeah. But the, the problem is they're running out of friends and they're also running out of powerful so-called legitimate people to buy as well. All of this, as, as we're talking, their world is contracting around them. But they still have access to money. They still have people who will be loyal to them. Unfortunately for them, they're not going to be able to trust as many people as they did in the past. People are becoming quite brazen around them. They're not afraid of them anymore. They're saying like, you know, get lost. Over 70 or 80 people of their organisation in Ireland have been put behind bars. There's no hitmen available. There are a lot of younger, bulchier uh, young thugs who are saying, now we did did our time with the Kinnans. You know, I'm now going to, to, it's my turn for, for time in the sun. I am going to claim my stake. You're no longer a player, Daniel. I'm doing my own thing. And that would create a whole new generation of people to kill each other. So everything you predicted when we sat down just over a month ago and had a similar conversation has pretty much come to pass around the collapse of MTK, around the UAE finally taking some action, uh, around the idea that the US are not going to to give up on this now, that the game had completely changed. We so, predicted this in the Irish Independent over two years ago. Now, other people did as well. It, it's not rocket science, but You can have your pat in the back, Paul. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about what happens next. What happens next is this is going to continue to escalate. Those 600 will become 1,200. And people, they are going to become so toxic within the business, nobody wants anything to do with them. And as as that continues, the other part of this that people haven't really thought about, perhaps, or speculated on, is this. With the United States in the middle of this, and with the Kinahan organization now classified as one of the top seven criminal organizations in the world, the thing that scares the Central Americans, the South Americans, and the people like the Kinnans is the prospect of being extradited back to face time in America because that's real time. The Americans um, have well and truly got over any legal problems with super grasses and stuff like that. They'll put you behind bars and you will go and stay, do your time. But they have now got so many people incarcerated with, from within the, that top seven to top ten groups from around the world in the United States, who are doing time, who are facing time, who have just been extradited. Now, it is not outside the bounds of possibility because there's a central plank of the United States criminal justice system is the deal, uh, the plea bargain. Some guy, Pedro Chavez from Mexico or Bogota, can turn around and say, okay, I can give you information on dealing directly with the Kinnans over several years. What's in it for me? And the Americans would have no qualms once they dot their I's and cross their T's, to do a business with uh, this uh, an individual like that who could then per- put them firmly having committed crime within the United States. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is a complete game changer, Kevin. This has changed the whole landscape um, and has cre- made it very, very fluid and very febrile and it can go in any direction. The Americans, as we said before, their entry to this whole business, the offer of the big money, the squeeze that's going on the sporting business, all of that is going to loosen tongues. So in another month's time, there will be another load of detail to to emerge on this. In 12 months' time, it will also still be going. One thing I would predict to you now again is that Daniel Kenhan, of of the three Kenhans that we're dealing with, I'd say it's 99% certainty that he will face trial here at some stage over the next few years. Well, we will watch that space and no doubt talk about it again. 
My thanks to Paul Williams. I'm Kevin Doyle and today's episode of the Indo-Daily was researched and produced by Garrett Mulhall, recorded by Gavin Hennessy with sound design by John Smith. Archive clips were from RTE, Virgin Media, Sky News and Independent.ie. If you enjoy the Indo-Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review.